So welcome back to another episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast, which is a podcast about everything freelance, brought to you by myself, Jacob, and the fabulous man that you can see to my right or left, I don't know how it comes across on the screen, but Niall, and uh, yeah, how are you doing today, Niall? I'm pretty good. I think I'm on the right, so if I look this way, I should be able to wave at you and point at you like this. Nice hat, by the way. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying that look. I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm all right. You know, not too bad. Um, I've had a bit of an up and down week uh, as far as things go, but um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm still here, ticking along. All good. And looking forward to getting stuck into this, talking about the wild world of social media tonight. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it is mental, man. And the reason why I decided to put a hat on is just because I just, I I had a shower and then just dried my hair really funny and it's all fuzzy. The quickest solution ever, just whack a hat on. And, uh, <laughs> Don't even talk about my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you said to me the other day was hilarious about the thumbnail, but I won't, I won't dive into that. Anyway, yeah. the topic <laughs> of today is social media and like is like the title of the stream is it a lucrative tool or a dangerous distraction and the reason why i wanted to bring this up because it's been affecting me quite a lot in my personal life and i've for ages wanted to delete social media off my phone just go a week or two without social media just like a complete detox but the mm-hmm. problem for me is that my work relies so heavily on social media. Like I work in the digital advertisement space, which is predominantly consists of Facebook and Instagram advertisement. And obviously we run the 100K Freelancer Club channel. I run multiple different channels for my other businesses as well. So it's not like I have the option to just not have social media, or at least mm-hmm. that's what I told myself anyway. So that was the excuse I've been running for a while is to not um, delete the applications that I actually need it for work um, so I can't get off it. And then last week, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was this video that went viral on YouTube, which was um, something along the lines, the the title was clickbaity, but it was basically along the lines of a dopamine detox. And the guy went for a week without doing anything um, that like, irrationally produces dopamine or like that you wouldn't actually get that in like a natural environment so things like um no social media no netflix um no youtube uh loads of things like this and then it kind of inspired me to just take a step back and think to myself like is my personal usage of instagram and facebook and twitter is that benefiting me in any way? Am I getting more clients? Am I getting more money from it? Or could mm. I be getting clients or could I be getting money from it? And the answer for me is like, am I making money from it right now is no. Could I be making money from it is yes. Because I, I've built my social media following like a couple of years ago, I was crazy into Instagram, always yep. posting, always um, uh, on that grind of like building followers. Um, I did use it as a, a method of client acquisition. So I would always post about the, the stuff that I was working on and the field that I was working on. And that would mm. always raise the questions of my followers as, oh, can you do that for me? Or how would you do that? Or can I pay you to do that? And then, so 
that was sort of a really good time in my sort of Instagram life, um, so per se, uh, where it was kind of a lucrative experience for me. And then also got to the point where I scaled past a couple thousand followers and then I started getting paid for posts. So it was generating me around 500 pounds a month, the Instagram um, account. Mm-hmm. And that's just my personal account. So that plus, that's from uh, promotional posts and then plus the... Um, like the opportunity of getting new clients, it was very lucrative for me at the time. But since Mm. the old pandemic hit and I've just stopped using social media and I've just, as like a content creator, other than what we do here on 100K Freelancer, and I'm just a consumer of friends, family, you know, all that other stuff that's going on and we can sit and just scroll through reels for hours. I've just been addicted to it, like hardcore. Mm. And, And that, what it was bringing me before was the clients in the money. I haven't been putting any effort into that whatsoever. But in my mind, there's always been that, oh, it could make me more money. It could get me more clients. So I've been hesitant to just change anything or just to make a change in my life. Anyway, I'll go over some more stuff in a minute. I'll let Mm. you jump in and give your opinion um, on that so far. But I mean, how is it for you? Like, What's your relationship like at the moment with social media? Well, I think that what you said when you first started making your point was really interesting about how you kind of fell out of love with social media or you kind of fallen off the grind and off the wagon and it's hard for you to separate social media from work because it's a a large part in what you do. And I feel similar, very similar to that in the way you do because... For me, to work in the industry I work in, and a lot of freelancers will feel like this, is uh, quite a privilege, really. So for me to work in sports media, um, I I love broadcasting, always have done, and I absolutely love football. So two big sort of passions of mine. So to be able to to blend the two and do it for work is, is a privilege, to be honest. I mean, it has its ups and downs, like every freelance job. It's not always as rosy and glamorous as some people think it is that's beyond the point i guess the point i'm trying to make is what i see as a hobby and for enjoyment is also my job so for instance if i'm trying to detach myself from work and then i go on social media to try and you know relax see what's going on a lot of the things i see on social media are work related because they're football related and football is one of my passions as well as my job So it's really hard to kind of separate the work side of social media from the other side of social media, the the bit that you many use it for, I guess, which is enjoyment and and kind of seeing what's going on in the world, the informative nature of it. Um, So for me, I think that's a difficult thing to do. And I'm glad you've brought that up because I have found that at times. Now, for me, social media is really useful when it comes to collating information, garnering opinion. My job as a broadcaster a lot of the time is to uh, to kind of set the scene as a broadcast journalist. You know, if you're hosting a game as a presenter or you're commentating, you need to have facts, figures, information, stuff like that. And they're all things a lot of the time where I can get a large portion of that information off of social media. Usually Twitter, but also Instagram. So players, managers, staff, football clubs, they all have presences on social media. And that is one way that a lot of companies and businesses and organizations now including sports teams get their information across using social media now the majority of breaking news that i learn about which i take into my day-to-day job when it comes to to kind of being across things in football um comes from twitter 
You know, and there's no two ways about that. There's no escaping that. I mean, I find out majority of the news that takes place on social media rather than on traditional news platforms like a BBC news website or a newspaper. I mean, I think that's how most people consume their news now. So I think that's really important. And although social media is useful in some respects for making money, for me, it isn't quite like that. Um, and an interesting thing that I wanted to, to pick up on when you said, is it making me money? Well, it was, but it's not anymore. So then what's the point? It kind of reminds me of, do you remember when at school, when you'd learn things in a class and some of the students would be like, well, sir, miss, what's the point of learning this? Because we're not going to use it in real life. Why are we uh, learning yeah. out? Why, why are we, we learning, learning algebra? Because, theorem. <laughs> exactly. Why are we learning algebra when we're not going to use it in real life? And I totally understand that school of thought. But I also think that if you look at it from outside of the box, the reason you're learning algebra is to pass an exam and then you use the exam to get you a job or to help you progress later on in life. So you don't directly use algebra later on in your life. You use algebra to get to the stage of passing the exam and then you use the exam result to move on for the rest of your life. So I guess that's kind of the point I'm making for social media. For me, it doesn't make me money, but I feel like I need social media to enable me to be the best I can be at my job. That doesn't mean I always enjoy scrolling on it. Um, I think that a word that's been um, placed into the, I don't know whether it's in the Oxford English Dictionary or not, but it's certainly a word that's kind of emerged in the last two or three years with the climate we've been living in, which is doom scrolling. It's a lot of negativity on social media. It can be a very depressing place. 100%. Um, and, 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 you know, a lot of the time you only see negatives on social media and it's natural for the human brain, in my opinion, to kind of compare yourself to other people. And I think it's a skill to, to take yourself out of that zone of comparing yourself to other people, particularly other people that do the same job as you. How far am I along the line? How sex successful am I compared to them? So well, I have that's lots of why, thoughts about social media, to be honest. That's why I put in the title of this podcast is like, or dangerous distraction, because I, I feel like for me, it did get to the point where it almost was dangerous because I'm looking through reels on Instagram and, yeah. and this is the thing that gets me the most is the reels on Instagram because you just get sucked in. Like for ages, I've been I've been aware that I want to limit my time on social media. I set reminders and stuff like that for, you know, I'm only allowed 20 minutes a day on there, like for personal usage and stuff like that. And usually that would just be to, you know, send a couple of memes to your friends or whatever. It's a great way of communication. Um, but recently it, it, it sort of dawned on me that I've been comparing myself massively to other people and other freelancers and, and business owners and entrepreneurs around the world. And it just makes me feel awful, you know? Yeah. Like you, you, you see that person and you don't know if it's real or not. Like you see that person get in the Lamborghini, he's, he's 21 or whatever, he's driving off, mm -hmm. he's, 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 you know, talking about this, that and the other and how to, you know, make money online and do this and do that. And it's sort of just, you just don't know if it's true, but at the same time, it makes you feel like, oh, I'm just not where I want to be. Like, it's almost like I hate my life, you know? Like, I, I'm no way near any of these people. And, and, and that's for me. And, and like, when, when I stand back and look at my life, like, objectively without emotion, I look at, you know, the things I've achieved, the businesses that I have. I mean, where I live, the, the, the lifestyle that I live. I mean, I go skiing every single weekend. I, I do trips 
in the week. I go wherever I want. I can do whatever I want. Like I'm living most people's dreams. But do you not think that there are people then looking at you thinking? No, this is this the is the, exact the, same. The, the point that I'm getting to. I was like, there must be a, a, a like a lot of people that look at me and think the same thing. But then mm. it, it's almost like I don't know. You can't take away from like social media like you can't take it at like face value there's all there's always something behind it and that's why it's like the dangers of it like it's, it's more of a distraction and can send you down a wrong path and this is why we started like the 100k freelancer club because freelancing is not a get rich quick scheme it's not gonna you're not gonna start freelancing tomorrow and start driving bugattis the week after it mm-hmm. is about continuous hard work and it's real honest work and it can deliver you to the lifestyle that you want to get but it's a journey and there's no shortcut to that journey and i think we're all on this journey together and this is why we call it the 100k freelancer club um, because it's a club and community and everybody's like helping each other out and i i just feel you need to actually let go of those toxic like relationships that you have with social media in in the way that you view other people's content and and even get jealous of other people's lifestyle that you believe that they have from the content that they're putting out and i know there's a lot of people that um well i suppose most freelancers right now from the podcast that we did the other week where we looked at the 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 top trending skills like social media management is one of those skills so a lot of people working in the freelance industry are social media managers so you're in the same situation as what i was talking about at the start of this podcast where you can't necessarily delete social media like it is your life and like Mm -hmm. if you were to just take a detox that means you literally have to almost take unpaid leave because you wouldn't be doing your job because it is literally your job to be on social media and utilizing uh social media and i get what you're saying as well is like where your like profession is Mm -hmm. your passion as well like when you're on social media you can't help but see a clip of a goal for example that's circulating around on twitter and you're immediately you might enjoy watching it but you must associate that with work yeah i mean if you look at my bookmarked tweets which i think is accessible to everyone on twitter i'm not 100 percent. like i said i'm not a social media guru um but i'm pretty sure you can see bookmarked tweets um if you go onto my twitter account at niall mccorn you'll be able to see what I've bookmarked and the majority of them are football related because I'll use them in a commentary or when I'm presenting a show, I can use them and say, here we are, here's a statistic. What do we think about this guys? And you know, that's kind of what I use social media for now. And you mentioned a couple of years ago when you were banging to Instagram, I I was very similar with Twitter where I kind of built up a following of of dedicated, mainly um, Portsmouth supporters. A lot of my following um, are Portsmouth fans from when I worked down there and that was kind of how I communicated and how I encouraged people to listen to my radio show at the time, which is what I was doing when I was working down in Portsmouth. I had my own radio show on, on the local station down there. I was commentating on games and stuff. And that's how I use social media. I use Twitter. And um, only really have I kind of switched my focus to Instagram. Now, I barely tweet anymore. Even though I've got far more followers on Twitter, my Instagram is very, very, um, very fallow, very small. Um, I don't post as much as I probably should. Um, but I tried to make a conscious effort at the start of this year as one of my sort of pseudo New Year's resolutions, I suppose you could say, to try and increase my profile on social media because... Why do you have that goal? I think because for me, 
I do a lot of stuff and a lot of work and I don't document it. So I was thinking about this at the start of the year where the amount of cool stuff I've done for work and not taken a photo of it. And I know it's a stupid thing to say because I do shows like podcasts. Um, so I've got that in audio form. I can go on Spotify and find it. Um, you you know, shows that put on YouTube, uh, television, sometimes on TV. So it's like accessible. So I can go back and watch it. But it's not the same as having a photo of it or taking a photo with someone that you can use for social media. I feel like I need to document what I've done a little bit more. And I think that, that can only help me in terms of building my profile so I can put them on my website and things like that. Yeah, so, I was going to ask, is that more for a personal thing for like, you know, memory yeah, when you're is. looking back? Or is it more to build a portfolio on these platforms? I think both. I think both. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. There are kind of peers of mine that work in the same industry and... Namely, younger people, actually. Oh, well, actually, it's not 100% true. There are a couple of older people than me that do this as well. But they kind of factor it into their working day to take a photo of social media. Whereas for me, I just totally forget. You know, that's not something that I factor into my working day when I'm doing a shift with whichever client I'm working with. I never think, oh, I better take a photo so I can post this on Instagram. But that's just the way I am. And maybe I'm making a conscious effort to change that. But I guess I feel like I want to build my profile because... Social media now is a commodity that some clients are looking for. You know, it's as simple as that because the more your product can be shared into someone's feed if they've got thousands and thousands of followers and that, you know, and they've got a, a sort of a following on social media, the more eyes that are going to see it. It's the same reason we've got clickbait titles now. When you go on a website or you go on social media, I should say, and you see an article from a website, you know, and it's like, you wouldn't believe what this man ordered at McDonald's. And, you know, he's ordered a Big Mac and fries, which same thing as everyone bloody <laughs> orders. Right. But they clickbaited you. In, yeah. yeah you, they've click, clickbaited the title. You know, that, that's the same reason we have clickbait titles is because clicks equals cash. And social media is a great way to drive clicks. And not I'm not 100%. saying that I want loads of people to click on my profile. That's not my point. I guess what I'm saying is... I need to build a social media presence now. Because it gives you validation as well. It gives it gives me validation. Yeah, I absolutely, totally agree with that. Um, especially while I'm not verified. Like if my Twitter account was verified or my Instagram was verified, I think that would immediately give me more credit for what I do. But it, oh, it Definitely. Isn't. That's a goal of mine. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there one day. But the point I suppose I'm trying to make is people that have already established themselves in an industry probably don't feel the need to jump on social media. Now, small businesses almost have to because it's imperative that they have their business seen by more eyes, which I guess is what I'm saying. More eyes on the content. It, it has to be a benefit. But with that, you get the pitfalls. So I think this is just a fascinating conversation because social media really in the arena we've seen it in now has only been the way it has for probably the last four or five years. I've had Twitter for 11 years. I started my Twitter account in 2011. I started my Instagram account, I think, in 2014, but I barely used it. And really, only since probably 2018 have I used it regularly, so the last four years. And even then, I wouldn't say regularly, so post once a month or something. So, you know, it's not like social media has been around for ages. It has kind of exploded mainly into the forefront in the last five or six years, I'd say. Um, where it's stopped becoming a novelty and it's really become a cornerstone of people's lives, industries, jobs, businesses, etc. So, you know, that was what I did at the start of the year and I haven't seen it transform my profile into loads and loads of followers. 
But if that means more people can see what I'm doing and appreciate what I am and that might open up more opportunities for me, then that's a, that can only be a benefit. I mean, I'd be foolish not to take advantage of that. So that's yeah, kind of exactly. Where I'm I, I agree with you on that. Like that can only be a benefit. Like having loads of followers on Instagram or a social media site cannot be a downfall in terms of winning clients and getting jobs and higher paid jobs. I mean, I, I always go back to this um, this debate that I had with like a friend of mine and yours, Matt. I, won't say his last name but we had um we had a huge debate on uh he is he's a he's an actor and we basically had a debate about social media in the acting world and i was like if you're if you're a beginner actor or you know you're you're just starting your career as an actor who do you think is going to get the role let's just imagine there's two people going for a part in a small production with a small budget now, one of the actors that goes has, you know, let's just say they've got exactly the same acting ability. One of the actors that goes has 150 followers. The other actor that goes fits the perfect, fits the part perfectly as well, but has 2 million followers. Well, let's just say 150,000 followers. Who do you think they're going to hire? They're definitely going to hire the one with the 150,000 followers or the more followers, if it's a significant difference, because that's free marketing for them. They can get their production out there to 150,000 people because that actor's in it. What benefit are they going to get if it's the same skill, the same person in uh, somebody who's got 150 followers? It's the yeah. same. It's the same in in, in any industry. Like, mm. imagine if I well, was. To I, go... I always think this as well with the, like um, with unis. You know, if two people are very similar and you're struggling who to give the job to, traditionally, historically, I don't think this is going to happen for too long into the future by the way but if say two people applying for the same job it, you could you know you could there's a hairs splitting them um oxford university versus the university of i don't know wherever um no the prestigious university is going to be considered in a higher merit and you know unfortunately the, the situation we're in now is that you know social media is considered in that regard if that's a kind of a an asset then employers will look at that clients will look at that and say well you know what can what can we gain out of this you know you only need to see how much money people pay for a sponsored post on instagram and how much some influencers make from one post yeah you know, to, exactly to, to see the value of that yeah exactly so like the number of followers almost translates to value because you, you could correspond yeah. that with like an actual intrinsic value of, of yeah. how much that is so this However, person has this is where we're talking about the pros, the cons, the, you know, the good and the bad side of social media. And just to kind of back that point up with the negative side of it, or you say about when you see social media and think, is this real? Is, is, is this legitimate? Or is this authentic? Or is it a front? Is, is it phony? Is it fake? For instance, if an influencer went to a client and said, I've got 100,000 followers, and on my last post, I had... 50,000 comments, 10,000 likes, whatever. There is no gauge or tool that tells you how many of those 50,000 comments and 10,000 likes were of a positive nature. 49,000 of them could have been slagging that person off, could have been bots, could have been anything. However, these are not the sort of numbers that people look at. So in terms of social media being legitimate and... Um, you know, 100% worth its weight, for want of a better term, 
I think that you need to be really careful with that. It's not tangible in the way that if people don't like what they're seeing on TV, they'll change channel or they'll turn off. That is a clear gauge as to whether people are enjoying the content or not. With social media, you could have a tweet or an Instagram post with 100,000 interactions and 90,000, 90% of them could be negative interactions. But that doesn't matter. All that matters is the number of people that have seen it. It doesn't matter how many people have interacted with it positively, negatively, indifferently, whether it's a bot that's commented. You know, I know people that have bought followers. You know, you look at some people and you click on how many followers they got. You think, well, their followers have rocketed. And then you have a look <laughs> and then you realize that they're all just bots. Yeah. And you just think, well, OK, so you've actually you've actually dipped into your pocket and bought them because some people do feel like they're so far indebted to having social media followers that they, they dip into their pocket and they buy them. So there's 100% positives and negatives to social media. You know, there's, you know, some people might say, well, there's nothing negative to having your product seen 100,000 times. Well, yeah, if 90,000 of them are by the wrong people and negative comments, then yeah, I'd argue that, you know, the reputational damage that could possibly be done, particularly on social media, when there's a witch hunt after you on social media, you'd do well to come out alive. You know, not, <laughs> not you know, that's a terrible not, not literally, you, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but you, you see what I mean, you know? It's one of those things where you kind of have to take it with a huge pinch of salt. I really do think that because, you know, the numbers in social media aren't as tangible as other mediums um, in terms of try, trying to gauge exactly what the reaction is. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think you can look at those negatives as well. Is that like the more you post and the more you engage on social media, the more likely you are to slip up mm. and have mm. something brought up into the spotlight, or you know, you know, a witch hunt comes after you, or clients don't like what you're doing. That's mm. another side of things. And and well, that's just made me think of another thing as well. Actually, is one thing that I hate, or one thing that I used to hate was when I was you know, swinging back to when I was really into Instagram and using Instagram to pick up clients, because I would find the clients on Instagram, I would have them as like, I would follow them and they would follow me. So mm. they can see everything I'm doing, which would make me nervous all the time, because as I'm using social media to like document yeah. my life and show, you know, my friends and family and followers what I'm doing, obviously clients have access to that as well. So yeah. if I'm posting a picture of me on a beach, even if it's Saturday, I had that tremendous feeling of guilt that the client's going to see that and be like, well, you could be working on our product. Does that make you wish you had two accounts then? Definitely. What it... I think two accounts, no, actually. I take that back because two accounts for me personally would be too hard to manage. Like, I, I don't agree. think I would enjoy running two accounts. Well, you don't have accounts. to manage your personal one, you see. That's the difference, I think. I think you're putting pressure on yourself there to manage your personal account. Now, you can have a work account and put all of your eggs into that basket and work hard on that and kind of make that look as amazing as you can. But if you've only got the people following you and you're only following the people that you want to see your content from your personal account, then if you don't post for a few weeks, that's no, that's not a poor reflection on you. If you've been too busy to post and the people that are in that circle that are following you, that you're happy with them, you know, if it's a private account, for example, you shouldn't therefore feel pressure either from yourself or from the outside to post because you should have kind of carefully selected or you would have had an idea of who would be following you in that instance, I guess. 
So I suppose, you know, this is kind of me on my high horse a bit because I don't have a second account. My work account is my personal account. They go hand in hand. They are the same thing. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of talk about this with any authority. But I guess what I'm saying is if you did have two accounts, it would be too hard to manage. But you don't have to manage your personal account. You can leave that dormant for six months, a year. You can leave it as dormant for as long as you want. You know, that's up to you. That whereas as a business account, you probably feel the pressure that you you can't do that because you have this this profile of the business to keep up, which I totally understand. Whereas with your personal account, if you did have a second one, you should feel less obliged to engage in it in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think I should have that relationship with social media in my personal accounts but I just don't I think because from the beginning I started like I've never been the type of person to love social media like I I like it and consume it but I don't like I could never be a full-time influencer because when I'm in a moment that I'm joying the last thing I think about is taking a photo like that's Mm. the reason why I didn't progress or, or didn't continue to pursue like social media as like a as an income is because mm-hmm. anything exciting I would do I would I would just be living the moment and then when it come to actually you know oh, I need to post I need to create something I had to force myself to do something for the purpose of that content not the other way around and I wonder if influencers actually live that lifestyle where they're forcing themselves to do something for the yeah. content rather than just doing the things they want to do and just by chance recording it um so yeah i mean it's, it's it's difficult for me and i don't think i could ever go back to it like i'm always going to see and i think it's because of the field i work in as well i'm always going to see social media as as a job and i don't know like anybody listening in the audience as well you can you know send us a dm on you know this is funny but <laughs> instagram but yeah send us send us a dm on instagram at 100k freelancer club and let us know what you think like can you relax on social media or do you see it as um like part of like part of your job as your career like are you are you on edge all the time about what you post and how you post and will clients see this and will clients respect that i'm doing this because I think it can get pretty invasive in, in yeah, I, I always worry about that, especially with the clients thing, is that they, mm. they're not going to agree with what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Like, because as freelancers, we don't set down a, you know, we're going to work nine till five, Monday to Friday. For me, I go in with the thing, like sort of the pitch that I will do whatever it takes to get the result that we want. And then if somebody sees me skiing on a Saturday afternoon, is he really doing whatever it takes to get the job done? Well, you know, then there's that thing, you know, you need to be re- rested, relaxed, balanced in your lifestyle to actually be creative and perform. But you don't want to get into that debate with the client and you don't want that debate to start because of a post you made on social media. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand your concerns. And that's it. I think that, you know, it's encapsulated in the kind of the title of today's episode. It's you know the positives and negatives of social media the the benefits and the pitfalls and i think that for every positive we can think of we've thought of an equally powerful negative and i think that that surmises social media quite nicely and i think what's interesting for us particularly people of our age is we've grown up in an in, in an internet age but we've also grown up in an era where there was no internet or the internet wasn't a regular thing you know where you'd have to kind of dial up on modems and 
ask your mum not to use the phone for a couple of hours so you can <laughs> go on the dial-up internet and, and, you know, use your computer for whatever you want it to use it for, chatting to your mates on MSN. You know, we kind of... That was the early kind of social media days, the MySpace, Bebo, and then Facebook came along and everyone had it. And, you know, we grew up in an era where that was kind of just coming into its own, whereas younger people now, all they've known is social media. So maybe their mindsets and attitudes to young people starting businesses now is different to us. So I think this is a really interesting, um, you know, conversation to be having. And I think that it's probably one we should re-explore with people of different ages um, for further down the line. It'd be interesting to hear from younger freelancers as to how social media influence, uh, how influences their business and impacts them. And maybe people that are slightly more um, experienced than us in terms of their age and how long they've had their business and whether having a social media profile has positively or adversely affected their businesses. So I think this is a really interesting conversation to have. I think that you're exploring your own relationship with social media to the point where it's become healthy for you to, to take a step back and, and analyze it in a certain way. Um, and maybe, you know, in terms of the shackles being off, maybe taking a break from social media is the right thing to do i think we see now on phones you get an update every week don't you of your screen time um i'm sometimes horrified about how long i spend on social oh, media or screen that. time on my phone yeah um but do i do enough about it probably not so i think that there are definitely conversations to be had around social media how it impacts our lives um but i would it's just a blurred line between what's productive and what's it is not becoming more yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's different for every person, isn't it? You know, for for some people, like I say, that do a similar job to me, they kind of make it part of their routine when they do a shift or whatever they do to take a photo for social media. I've never had that mindset like you. I kind of tend to live in, in the now and in the moment whilst it's happening and I forget to do it. And sometimes I think I see the people that do the same thing that I did have a photo and I think, oh, maybe I should have got a photo. And so now I'm kind of starting to develop that a little bit um but it's not something i'm used to doing so it's taken me a bit of time to get used to it i'm not expecting to wake up next week and have ten thousand followers all of a sudden that's not kind of what i'm doing it for i suppose i'm doing it for um personal reasons to try and build a bit of a profile and then yeah use it as a portfolio so it's it's hard really because i've had negative experiences on social media and i think it empowers people in a negative way sometimes we've seen so many bad things from social media where people feel that they can say stuff that they wouldn't just say in real life. Now, I've had arguments with people on, on social media recently and then they've deleted the tweets. And so it's like, well, okay, fine, whatever. But it's one of those where in real life, you can't retract what you say. You can say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. But you, once you've said it, you've said it. Once you've tweeted it, unless someone screenshotted it, you can delete it and it's gone. So, you know, these are all just small little things, I guess. But... You know, it is something that's here to stay. And, you know, for every um, social media platform that emerges, you know, TikTok's the new big thing now, isn't it? Um, I'm not on TikTok. I don't plan to be on TikTok. But I sometimes think, oh, I wonder whether it's worth me being on there. But then I, I think, what's that actually going to add to my to my business? What Am I going to pick up clients through TikTok? Mm, probably not. Am I going to make money through TikTok? Mm, probably not. You know, and like you say, taking a break from it, is just such a minefield because one of the biggest YouTubers, or if not the biggest on the platform, I saw post a video recently after they'd had a break. I thought, well, how long was the break? And they'd been away for like three and a half weeks. 
just think, wow, I mean, that's considered a long time. And like the video title or something like, I'm back after all this time, whatever. It's like three and a half weeks, really? Yeah, you, know? you expect that's them to be gone time. for like two years of a title. Uh, like yeah, that. I was yeah. like, oh, exactly. So, you know, that, that's kind of how we were. That, that's I'm it back. nicely in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm back. Clickbaity title. They'd only been gone three weeks. In an age that we live in now, that might feel like an eternity. But like you say, everyone's different. We always caveat every show we do with these are just our personal experiences and our takeaways and our opinions. We're just two guys who are saying what we think about the world of freelancing and people listening might not agree. They might have different viewpoints, but they also equally might totally understand where we're coming from. So social media is one of those where I think it's a really interesting, sometimes sensitive topic and it does depend um, you know, on the individual. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just end out this podcast by adding a few what I think are tips to managing social media as a freelancer. And what I found really helps me is, you know, being involved in social media, like I can't 100% escape from it because it is literally my job. So what Mm -hmm. you can do is if you want to delete the actual social media applications themselves, so you can delete Facebook and Instagram and still post on Facebook and Instagram without having the ability to look at the feed just by downloading something called the Business Manager app. So you can download this app, Business Manager by Facebook, which allows you um, administrative access to the accounts that you link to it. So you might have client accounts and you can even link your own accounts to it. So you can post to them and you can't do anything else. I mean, I think you can respond to comments and direct messages, but you can't consume the content on there. So then it becomes less of a distraction and at the same time I know loads of people that have got um, sorry to cut you off I know loads of people that have got Facebook Messenger but don't have Facebook yeah oh me too man yeah Yeah. like loads of people I wish you could do that for Instagram as well just have Instagram DMs because that's like one of my primary forms of contact at the moment that's how they get me is that like I speak to most of my friends through the language of memes or just like through DMs on Instagram well start your own meme social media exactly each keyboard each key on the keyboard is just a different meme like 24 <laughs> 25 memes or whatever um but yeah and then and then uh you can also download app blockers so this is what i did for uh, for a long period of time was just download an app that allows you to block apps at certain periods of the day so i would block instagram facebook snapchat youtube everything for all of the day other than a half an hour period at like three o'clock and a half an hour period at half past 10 so I could reply to comments messages um, and things like that and it still allowed me that access to keep up with like my circle and friends without you know the temptation of falling into that rabbit hole of social media Mm. yeah no I agree and you know it's it's up to the individual as I said before um I probably spend a little bit too much time on social media, but then again, with the world that we've been living in um, over the last couple of years, uh, I think social media has become more and more prevalent just because, you know, with that period of lockdown due to coronavirus that majority of people experienced, um, social media became even more big than it than it was before. And... You know, it still kind of feels like we're slowly creeping back to normality and social media will play a huge role in that. It's uh, a massive part of people's lives, not just in um, not just in terms of work, but just in general. Uh, the amount of stories you see 
um, in the news now because of things that were leaked or posted on social media. Um, you know, we could even talk about this thing, can- cancel culture. You know, is it right? Is it wrong? There are so many different arguments around social media. Um, it's becoming increasingly important to the point where almost it's it's an axis for business now where, you know, things are starting to rotate around it. Some people's businesses is social media. So I think we should respect social media. But do you um, think you can get cancelled if you're not way? an influencer? Like, do you think if, for example, well, I know you've got a couple thousand followers. Let's just take one of our mates, like, that has 96 followers and he tweets something horrible. Do you think it's going to have a negative impact on him in terms of getting jobs and freelance clients well, you can or anything be, like that? Well, yeah, you can be prosecuted now um, under current law you can be prosecuted for sort of hate speech and um you know anything sort of racist or homophobic or anything of that sort of ill anything that's considered um inappropriate to a degree can can be prosecuted by um by the police and i know i've known people to lose jobs over what they've tweeted really without being an influencer Without being an influencer, I've known people to, to lose jobs over what they've said or what they've tweeted on social media. Um, so, you know, I don't think that that's a world that doesn't exist. It definitely does exist. And yeah. people feel like they use social media as an escape. That's why you see so many people with burner accounts. They use the anonymity <laughs> to their advantage. You know, they have a second account set up under a fake name with no profile picture so they can just tweet what they want because they know that the repercussions would be too great if they tweet off their own account. I mean, to use football as an example, the amount of people that send racist abuse and racist tweets and messages to football players after they haven't done something they've wanted. You know, they've missed a penalty or they've lost a match or they've been sent off. It's disgusting. And it's it's up to social media companies to sort that out. And that's the problem. We've got the anonymity of social media and it goes back to what I was saying before. You can have 10,000 followers and nine and a half thousand of them are bots that you've paid for. Yeah. You know, that's a problem that we're always going to encounter. But, you know, then you've got the argument again. I'm going down a wormhole here and I'm conscious that we've spent a lot of time talking about this. But, you know, you, we should have a system where you need ID to set up a social media account. You know, that's just, just the way it should be. You know, because if you can get away with messaging people saying whatever you want, it's just not acceptable. So, you know, that's just something that's not exclusive to football, but we see that a lot, far too often in sport. People being racially abused or um, homophobia, Islamophobia, all sorts of different nastiness in terms of um, prejudices and things like that. We see it all the time on social media, all the time, you know. So, you know, I do think cancel culture, as you mentioned, exists on social media, even if you don't have a large following. I think you need to be super, super careful. And also, I think it's worth understanding people do learn and change and develop and what they did tweet. So, for instance, I'm horrified to think some of the things I probably tweeted 10 years ago. And um, I'm a different person now to what I was then when I was in my late teenage years. So it's one of those where you kind of have to, um, you have to understand that historically what you might have said to someone in a school common room doesn't stand the test of time in the same way that a tweet does because that's yeah you know emblazoned on the internet forever yeah i think at a young age as well when you just don't have that awareness and that filter it's going to stick with you forever i mean even thinking about like my tweets when i was at school i mean i never tweeted anything bad but i would 
for example, I would tweet Activision when their servers were down. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you guys suck, <laughs> you know? Like, when I couldn't play Call of Duty. Like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I guess you do just have to be really, like, careful yeah. and knowing. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, if you wouldn't say, bringing it back to the freelancer sort of thing, like, if, if, if you wouldn't say that to an employer or to like a partner or someone involved in the project and just don't tweet it like what's the point unless you think there's going to be any value in tweeting stuff just take a moment and then mm-hmm. as well just try if you can like try and separate your goals with social media like you know like you said you can have a personal account you don't have to tweet on it you don't have to do anything you can leave it dormant for ages you come back to it just to update your friends and your family on your life and you have another account which you can dedicate X amount of time for in the pursuit of gaining clients from that account. Yeah. So yeah, good. I mean, there's there's loads to say about social media. And, you know, I reckon we should wrap it up here, here because otherwise I think we could talk for another hour on this. So, oh, 100%. Um, I think one day we need to get on two people. Maybe we could get them on in the same podcast. One successful freelancer with a very big, like, public figure and public face in fifty, hundred thousand followers or whatever that's always tweeting about the work and the stuff they do, versus another equally successful freelancer without social media. And we'll see their differing opinions. That would be a very good conversation. Yeah, hundred percent would. But I think that will do us for today. Uh JB, it's been great chatting to you about social media. Um when I get off this podcast, I'm probably gonna jump straight on social media. See yeah. what's going on. But... <laughs> yeah. Just jump That's straight into those reels, just ignore everything we said today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, all right. So you can head over to www.100kfreelancerclub.com and create your free account where you're gonna learn everything there is to know about freelancing from successful freelancers from all over the world so head over and check that out and remember to subscribe here on youtube if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening on spotify or apple music you can subscribe there as well that would really help us out and we'll catch you next week in another episode of the 100k freelance club podcast see you next time